Patrick Klein isn't shy about what he does. The subtitle of his book is Confessions of a Bible Smuggler. He counts on God moment by moment to get him across borders and through customs checkpoints. It was 20 duffel bags full of Bibles, and they're really heavy and black duffel bags. And she said, what is in the bags? Patrick has experienced God closing the eyes of border guards and ushering his word safely through doors that others would say are closed. I see that without prayer, there's no way you can do it. There are some who criticize Patrick's work. They say it's illegal to smuggle Bibles. We need to obey the laws, but when God's law and man's law conflict, God's law is higher. You'll be challenged by Patrick's stories of God's work to provide spiritual bread to hungry hearts around the world and challenged to play whatever role God has for you in his great global purpose right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and I'm in the studio today with uh, a special guest and a friend of mine and somebody I've had the great privilege of traveling with. We're going to be speaking today to Patrick Klein. He's the founder and president uh, of a ministry called Vision Beyond Borders. Uh, he has lived overseas. He has traveled overseas, uh, I think, maybe even hundreds of times, lots of times, <laughs> times, carrying Bibles all over the world. We're going to hear some of those amazing stories He's also the author of a book called By Faith Alone. The subtitle of it, which I love, is Confessions of a Bible Smuggler. So uh, he's pretty open about what he does. He's a Bible smuggler. It's a great book. I would encourage you to read it. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thanks, Todd. I really appreciate it. Now, Patrick and I, I'll just uh, be up front, uh, full disclosure here. We traveled to Turkey several years ago. Uh, had the chance to meet with some Turkish believers, had the chance to meet with some Iranian believers who were uh, kind of refugees in Turkey. They were trying to uh, get safe passage to the West, uh, but it was a great privilege to travel with Patrick. Another thing I'll just share up front, when uh, people call Voice of the Martyrs and say, hey, I really want to go on a missions trip to a hostile or restricted nation, do you guys do that? Uh, we tell them, no, we don't. But you should call Patrick at Vision Beyond Borders. He does that. Uh, they load up groups to go overseas. They load up suitcases full of Bibles and uh, deliver them all over the world. So if you call VOM and say, hey, I want to go on a mission trip, we are likely to point you to Vision Beyond Borders and to Patrick's ministry. Patrick, how many countries have you been in at this point in time? I think it's close to 70. Okay. And you have seen just some amazing, hmm. amazing things. I, I love when you <laughs> share stories of... Uh, going through customs, and is there one in particular that just kind of blows your mind even as you think about it? I think, you know, going into Iran the first time, um, I had about 80 Bibles in my bag, and, you know, I'm going into Iran. I've never been into Iran at that point before, and so I didn't know what to expect, and so I was I checked in in Istanbul, Turkey, flying directly to Tehran, and I thought, what did I just do? I just checked in to go to Iran with 80 Bibles in my bag, Lord, I need help. And so I called my board members back in Montana. I said, would you get the board praying? 
And so when I got there, um, we arrived at 2.30 in the morning. Women were covered from head to toe in black. You could feel the oppression in the air and the fear. This man said, come over here. We have to stamp your passports. So we went with him. And, and then he said, um, you, we have to fingerprint you because you're Americans. He said, come with me. I love America. You know, <laughs> That's <and> good news. <laughs> all these things you hear about Iran and how they hate us and everything else was not true. And they absolutely love us. And so he fingerprinted us, and then we kind of laughed and joked with him. And he said, now go back and go through customs. So when I looked over the balcony, there's nobody down by the extra machines. Well, by the time we got down there, got our bags, this man steps up out of nowhere. And I thought, oh, Lord, what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> and he says to me, put your suitcases on the X machine. Man, my heart was pounding so fast. I thought, what's going to happen to me? Are they going to shoot me? Are they going to cut off my head? Are they going to cut off my arm? What are they going to do to me? And so I'm loading these suitcases on the X machine. He says, you guys tourists? And we said, yes. And he said, from where? We said, we're from America. He said, you're from America? He said, I love America. <laughs> and he said, take your suitcases off the X machine. You can go right through. You're Americans. Wow. <laughs> Talk about the role that prayer plays in the work that you do, and even, like I say, even inside the airport, inside the customs office, how you're, how you're praying during those times. You know, I, what I do now is I pray before I go through the border that God will wake up people in America and around the world that Christians will be praying, because I believe that we all work together in the body of Christ. And so, um, but I'm also praying, Lord, help me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to know what's the strategy to go through, because it's not always the same. And one time I actually went into China, there was, there was 10 of us, and we had a huge load of Bibles, 1,400 pounds of Bibles, 140 pounds apiece, <laughs> all these duffel bags. And um, there was four customs guards light up against the wall, and we walked right between them and the x-ray machines. And they did, it was like they didn't even see us. And it was really a miracle, and we walked through. It was really funny because we went out, and this lady came up, and she said, Sir, do you need a taxi? And I said, No, I need a minibus. She said, how many in your group? I said, 10. She says, no, you need a van. I said, no, I need a minibus. She said, no, you need a van. I said, I need a minibus. And then nine more people walked out with their duffel bags. She says, you need a minibus. You need a minibus. <laughs> so we load these, these, uh, all these duffel bags full of Bibles. It was 20 duffel bags full of Bibles, and they're really heavy and black duffel bags. And she said, what is in the bags? You have so many bags, and they're so heavy. I said, Americans, lots of souvenirs. She says, that works, that works, you know. But it was funny because when I came back to the States and I shared that story, somebody said, you know, I've been praying for you that you would be invisible. Wow. And I believe that God answered that prayer. And the fact that 10 of us walked right through with them not even looking at us and stopping anything was was really a miracle. And so I see that without prayer, there's no way you can do it. It's not how we pack because you just put them in a duffel bag and say, okay, God, you want them in this country more than I want to carry them in. You're going to have to get them through. And you've had some experiences where they unzip the duffel bags and look right into them and, and they still let you go through. Right. It's, it's a miracle. And it's just like just recently we had a guy that was going through into China. He had to x-ray his bag. And so they saw the books. The lady called him over. She says, open your bag. He opened the bag, and she saw there were Bibles. She said, close up quick. Get out of here. I'm also a believer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you're invisible. Sometimes God connects you with another Christian. You had an experience recently in Vietnam where uh, they actually asked you to pray for them as yes. they went through customs. Tell us about that. Well, I was going through, and I had my duffel bags. And, and going into Vietnam, you have to x-ray everything. 
And so I had these duffel bags full of Bibles. My roller bag was full of Bibles. And I was stopped. And I put them through the extra machine. And the guy said, you have books. Come over here. And I said, okay. He said, I want to see one of these books. He said, what are they? I said, they're Bibles. I'm a Christian. He said, why do you bring Bibles to our country? I said, because I love your people and I want to bring you the Word of God. And he said, well, um, are you a priest? I said, no. I'm just a man that loves Jesus, wants to help God's church and reach people the gospel. And he said, can you give me a little gift? And I said, what kind of gift? He said, a little money. And I said, okay. So I gave him 20 bucks. I'd never done it before. And I thought, I'll give him 20 bucks. And then all of a sudden he said, would you pray for us? And I'm like, yeah, I would. How about now? And he's like, okay, now. So we walked away from the money. It was like 15 feet away from us. I go over and I lay hands on both of these guys' shoulders, these older men's shoulders, and I prayed and asked God to really touch them and show them the truth about communism and the truth about Jesus dying on the cross for their sins and that they need to repent and turn their life to him. And I prayed a blessing over them. And they thanked me, they shook my hand, and told me I was free to go. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. For me and our listeners as well, we were thinking about, okay, we're going to smuggle Bibles into a <laughs> communist country. We're going to be nervous and scared, and then they're going to ask us to pray for them as we go through customs. That You just, only God. Only God. And you experience this all the time. Only God could do that. Only God could have made this happen. Only God could have made that connection. What I saw in that was they really don't believe communism. It's like communism's failed them. And even the money was not important to them. They were more concerned about their spiritual well-being by asking for prayer. And, I mean, we didn't go off in a corner and pray. We stood right there in the, out in the open where people could see us. And I thought, Lord, you're doing something to these men, and it's, it's not me. It's God doing this. And it's exciting because we're seeing God open the borders and, and touch people's hearts. And I was going through one time into China, and I got stopped, and, and the guy said, you know, you can't bring Bibles to China. I'm like, okay, well, I know for next time. He's like, okay, you can go, but just don't bring any more Bibles. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, thanks. Have a nice day. Well, then I went back like six weeks later. And I got stopped, and, and all of a sudden this guy comes on. He says, I remember you. I remember you. I told you no more Bibles. I'm like, I don't know if I remember you. He says, I remember you. I told you no more Bibles. I said, well, we got a problem here. And he said, what's that? I said, your government says I can't bring Bibles in, but the Bible tells me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So I have a choice. Either I'm going to obey your government or I'm going to obey God. And I choose to obey God. And he said, and you could see God was really convicting him. And he said, um, give me your passport. And I'm like, okay. And I said, you're going to arrest me? He says, no, I'm not going to arrest you. I said, well, I don't want to give these Bibles. And he said, well, you're going to have to give them to me. So he goes through my Bible, and it's, um, sorry, my, my passport, and it's pretty thick. Yeah. And he says, uh, so do you smuggle Bibles into all these countries? I said, yeah, pretty much so. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked, and I said, you know, we're working to rescue girls out of trafficking. We're, we're helping people around the world, building orphanages and, and helping refugees. And he said, wow, you're really a good man. And I said, oh, I'm not a good man. I said, Jesus changed my life. I said, I was a very self-centered, rude man, and Jesus changed me. He gave me a new life, a new heart and a new life. And he holds up the Bible. He says, I think this book is so good. I think everybody in China should have one. He said, well, if you get caught coming through my border with, with Bibles, I'm going to have to take them. I said, okay. And I said, uh, I said, do you have an English name? He said, no. And he said, you want to give me one? I said, yeah, how about Matthew? 
And he said, wow, Matthew, I like that name. I said, Matthew, I'm going to go back to America, and I'm going to ask everybody I know to pray for you, because I want to see you in heaven one day. He said, okay, you know, and he kind of drops his head. You can see he's really convicted, you know. And he, I said, I just want to tell you one more thing, Matthew, because he took the Bible's way. I said, I want to tell you one more thing. He said, what's that? And I said, as soon as I leave this room, I'm going back to Hong Kong to get more Bibles because my brothers and sisters need them. <laughs> he says, yeah, and I got to go now. And he dropped his head and walked away. <laughs> but it's, it's neat because you realize they're just people. They're just people. And many of them have heard all this propaganda against the Bible and against Christianity. But when they meet people that are willing to travel halfway around the world to carry the Word of God, you know, we... You know, people carry drugs and, and make a lot of money off of it. And we're carrying heavy bags of Bibles, and they're thinking, what are you doing? Why are you crazy like this, carrying these heavy bags? It's hot. You know, you're sweating and everything else. And they, But yet they see something in us. They see Jesus in us. And, and that's what our prayer is, is that even if we get stopped, that will be a good witness to them. Do you get pushback from American Christians on the, the whole issue of, of smuggling, breaking the law? Hey, you know, Patrick, you really shouldn't be doing this. Um, a, do you get that kind of pushback? And B, what do you say to those people? Well, yes, I do get a lot of pushback. And I had one pastor tell me, he said, I don't want you in our church. He said, you're encouraging Christians to break the law. And I said, you know, I believe we need to obey the laws, but when God's law and man's law conflict, God's law is higher. You know, and, and I get that a lot of times. People say, well, why are you smuggling? And I said, because I believe just as America, we have freedom of religion, that they should be free to choose what they want to believe as well. And they want, they want the Bible. So I'm just going in response to what the Word of God says. If our brother or sister is in need and we can help them, let's go give them Bibles. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Patrick Klein. He's the founder and president of Vision Beyond Borders. He's also the author of a book called By Faith Alone, Confessions of a Bible Smuggler. What's the response, Patrick, of the people that you're delivering these Bibles to? Well, what is what happens when you get into China or you get into Vietnam with those, you know, sometimes hundreds or even over a thousand Bibles? What happens when you get to deliver those? You know, Todd, they're so grateful. It's amazing how hungry they are for the Word of God. They just thank us over and over again. I mean, they don't have anything in material ways to give us, but a lot of times the pastor we work with in Vietnam, he provides a nice meal for us. It's their way of saying thank you. But it's just, they're so grateful. And, you know, we brought in a thousand Bibles. They were so excited. They said, could you bring us 10,000 more? <laughs> and so you just keep hearing this. You keep coming back. And, and even when I was in Iran my second time, um, I actually was stopped in the customs and they took most of the Bibles. But the man in the confiscation room wanted one, and the, the tour guide said, can he have one? And I said, yes. And this man's face lit up when he got a Bible, and he quickly hid it in his desk so, so nobody would right. see it. But then I tr we traveled around for like uh, seven days, and the last day I had one left. And this young man said to me, sir, would you like to buy a carpet? And I said, honestly, I'm going home tomorrow. I don't have any money left. He said, would you just come and have a cup of tea with me? And I said, yes. And I sat down with him, and I shared the gospel with him. And before I left, I put this Farsi New Testament in his hands. And he looked down and he said, wow, I can't believe this. I have the word of God now. I can't believe I have the truth. He said, I have the truth. And he started to cry. Wow. And so we see all over the world, people are so hungry. Recently in Cuba, we heard a story about a pastor that traveled long distance to come to the capital to get some Bibles. Unfortunately, they didn't have any. Our contact's wife overheard. She said, go to my house. We'll see what we can do to help you. He went to their house. He said he pastored a church of 60 people 
and he was the only one in the congregation with a Bible. And so they had 60 Bibles for him. They gave him 60 Bibles. He sat down on the couch and he wept for half an hour. He was so grateful to God to have the word to take back to his congregation. And I think for those of us in America, and, I, and I'm one of us, uh, you know, I can pick up my phone and have 10 different translations and a bunch of different languages, and I have multiple Bibles at my house. Uh, the conviction that comes on me when I hear a story like that is, okay, how often do you read it? How often do you open it? How often do you let it pour into your life? Because when you when you think about a man who literally weeps at the idea of having Bibles for the people of, in his church, you know, what a convicting thing that is for us. What do you say to American Christians uh, about uh, what you find in these nations? Uh, how, do you, how do you encourage them or how do you challenge them? Uh, in some ways, I think we need to be challenged to be more like these brothers and sisters that we meet overseas. You know, I try to challenge them that we need to love God's Word, and we need to, you know, be in God's Word on a daily basis, you know, and I know there's a lot of distractions and a lot of things come, but I know myself that that I just determined when I got saved at the age of 18 that I was going to try to spend at least an hour a day with the Lord in prayer and the Word, and I just really have tried to stick to that discipline. And I'm thankful because, first of all, I have God's Word in my own language. And you think of all the translations, the versions we have, and it's easy to take it for granted. But I think when you share these stories, hopefully it's challenging people to bring them back to our first love, that it's, it's all about Jesus. And, and when I open the Bible, it puts everything in perspective. It's not about me. The world wants to tell me it's all about me, everything's about me. But when I open the Bible, I realize it's not about me at all. It's all about God his eternal plans and his purposes. And I just see God in this is awesome and incredible as he is. And it's like, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you put it in the right perspective. And I think we as Christians in America need to be reminded that it's not about us. What are some of the other works that uh, Vision Beyond Borders does? Because I know Bible delivery is obviously a big chunk of what you do, but I know you're also involved in some humanitarian aid, some other ways of reaching out. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we also bring in humanitarian supplies as well, uh, food. We bring in a lot of clothing, uh, medical supplies, stuff like that. But also we've been building orphanages. And then most recently, actually we've been involved with human trafficking for about 20 years, rescuing girls out. But two years ago, we started our own safe house in Nepal. And it's amazing, Todd, to see God get a hold of these girls' lives. You know, we had a girl come in. She was 17, uh, used her and her two sisters by their father for four years, and the mother said, this is your dad's way of showing you he loves you. Came in the safe house, three days later got saved, four days later was baptized. Called her mom, a Muslim woman, she's mom, I just want you to know I've become a Christian, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Her mother said, we're going to disown you. She said, it's okay, Jesus is my family now, he's more than enough. This same gal went to uh, her village with a couple other ladies a month after she was saved, she preached to 130 women in trafficking and said, if you want out, Jesus is the way out. We'll help you. And so it's just amazing to see what God is doing. And then down in India, we heard about a friend we work with. She actually led a Bravo owner to Christ. She was the wealthiest woman in the red light district. She led this woman to Christ. The woman closed all three Bravos down, told the girls, your debts are paid. You're free to go. Wow. <laughs> Wow. 
talk about the life-changing message of the gospel and how it changes people's hearts. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. You can listen to every episode of VOM Radio at www.vomradio.net. The challenge now is those girls, you're free to go. Okay, go to what? Go to where? So uh, are you helping with with some of those, you know, training and, yes. and vocational training and giving them a place to go? Right. So what we do is we have a safe house. They don't have to be a Christian to come in the safe house. They can be Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, it doesn't matter. They just agree, have to agree to be in Bible study for two hours a day, Bible study, prayer, and worship time. And then in the afternoon, we teach them skills, learning how to sew and tailoring skills, uh, how to cut and style hair. They make jewelry that we sell in the States to generate more income, to rescue more girls out. And then also they learn how to drive rickshaws. We want to give them skills so when they leave the safe house, they can go out on their own and become self-supporting. Right. And it's, it's so cool, Todd, to see God transforming these girls. First lady we brought in uh, was 35 years old. She was a Hindu, and she was widowed. And men would use her. They'd beat her up, and then they'd rob her. And last time it was several men used her and beat her up and left her for dead. She came to us. About a month later, she got saved. And you should see this woman now. She's just radiant for Jesus. She, she loves the Lord. We were talking one day, and she said, you know, God is our Father, right? I said, yes. She says, so you and me, brother, right? And I said, yeah. And she says, wait a minute, you, you Papa. I said, no, no, brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but it's neat because the Scripture is coming alive to them, and they see they have value. And once these girls see they have value, they want out of trafficking. They're just, you know, they're thinking that I'm being punished for something I did wrong in my former life. I've got bad karma, so I'm suffering now, and this is just part of the plan, the big overall plan. But once they come to Christ and realize they're created in the image of God and that God loved them so much he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for their sins, then they're like, okay, this is not the will of God for me to be in this mess I want out. And we've learned that you can't just preach the gospel to them. You have to provide a place for them and help them get on their feet. Right. And it's just so neat to you see. You have to provide a way to a different life. Yes. Uh, otherwise, it's just too easy to get back, sucked back into that life. Yeah. We're talking with Patrick Klein. He's the founder and president of Vision Beyond Borders. Uh, Patrick, you've been all over the world. You've taken Bibles into lots of countries where they didn't want them, and they probably don't want you. <laughs> At some point, you've had to come to the point of making peace with, okay, really bad things could happen to me. How did you come to that point? When did you come to that point? And, or is it something you do every time you go on a trip? You know, when I meet my brothers and sisters around the world and I hear their stories of how they've been persecuted for their faith, it challenges me. And, and I realize that, you know, what I'm doing is, is not accepted by a lot of governments. They are opposed to it, um, that there is persecution that can come and even my life can be taken. But I know that God is the one who ordains my steps and that he's numbered my days. And, and I just pray that if I have to face that, that I will be strong and I will never deny Jesus Christ. And I was talking to a, a pastor in Turkey one time, and he said his friend um, who had led him to Christ was told by Muslims, you need to, con you need to renounce Jesus Christ and, tell the, and, and say that Islam is the truth. And he said no, and they were beating him. 
And he said, I heard my friend in the next room being beaten. And they'd say, just say that Jesus is not the truth and that Islam is the truth. And he said, no, Islam's a lie. And he kept, and they kept beating him, beating him. And he said, everything in my flesh wanted to deny Jesus, everything. He said, I did not want to endure that beating. And he said, when they took me in that room, he said, my flesh wanted to deny the Lord. He said, they hit me the first time. And he said, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God arise, rose up in me. And he said, I did not want to deny Jesus for anything. Wow. And so I think there's incredible grace that comes on us when we're in those times. And, you know, all we can do is say yes to Jesus every day in, uh-huh. the, in the process. And then I believe that the grace will be there when, whenever that comes, that, that we may have to give our life. And there's great comfort in that mm. for all of us, yes. because uh, I think many of us in the American church wonder, okay, what would I do? I don't know if I could take a beating <laughs> for Jesus. Um, but that story, and I've heard others like it that say, hey, in that moment, Jesus will give you what you need in order to take that beating, in order to stand strong. Um, so we don't have to we don't have to fight that battle today. But when the day comes where we do, if it comes. We'll have the strength. The Holy Spirit will empower us to go through that. Let's talk a little bit about Voice of the Martyrs because, uh, you know, we have partnered with Vision Beyond Borders for a long time. What are some of the ways that Voice of the Martyrs helps? We've talked about the fact that when people call us and want to go on a trip, we say, hey, call Pat. Uh, What else kinds of ways is VOM involved in your ministry? Uh, VOM has helped us with a lot of Bibles and given us Bibles so that we have Bibles to carry into the contacts inside. Like you said, you've provided a lot of manpower to us, uh, helped us with flannel graphs, just other supplies that we can take in, discipleship materials, to give to the church so that it will encourage them in their faith, but also encourage them in their ministries. I mean, you and I, we know that Americans are not going to win the world. It's going to be the people in their own country rising up and going out and preaching the gospel. So if we can give them the tools, and that's what VOM is all about, is giving them the tools, getting the training to them, whatever they need, so they can fulfill their ministries. And that's what I believe God wants us to do, is just come alongside of them. So you guys have been very, really helpful to us to give us the tools to go in and help them and encourage them and to keep pressing on. Patrick, we're out of time for this week's episode, but I'd like to be able to continue our conversation next week. Would you be able to stay on and talk with us some more? Yes, I'd love to. I'm thankful to Patrick Klein for sharing with us this week, and I want to give you a couple of ways that you can get involved in this part of God's work. You can find Patrick and Vision Beyond Borders online at visionbeyondborders.org. If you'd like to go on a trip with Patrick and his team or give to support their work, you can do that at visionbeyondborders.org. We also talked about the fact that VOM provides some of the Bibles that Patrick delivers into restricted and hostile nations. If you'd like to give to help provide those Bibles, visit our website at vomradio.net and go to the Donate tab at the top of the page and then click on Bibles to Captive Nations. That fund helps VOM print and smuggle Bibles to believers living in nations where they face persecution. Last year, VOM delivered more than 1.2 million Bibles, and we'd love to have you join us in that work by giving to provide Bibles to our persecuted brothers and sisters. VOMradio.net, then go to the Donate tab at the top and click on Bibles to Captive Nations. There's a lot more you can do at vomradio.net. You can listen to all the episodes of VOM Radio, 
You can connect to VOM Radio as a podcast and share these conversations with your friends. You can also send me a question or a comment or just send me a note and let me know that you're listening. I'd love to hear from you this week. All that online at vomradio.net. If you're tweeting about our conversation with Patrick, use the hashtag VOMRadio. That will help us connect with you on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at VOM underscore USA. You can also find us on Facebook. Just look for VOM USA. Thank you for joining us this week. You know, the Bible tells us that God's Word will not return void. I hope you'll join me in praying this week for the safe delivery of Bibles and in thanking God for brave Bible smugglers like Patrick Klein. God bless you. We'll see you next week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. <laughs>